Thanks for joining us today on the nateholdridge.com podcast, where we're taking a look at some of the articles that Pastor Nate has written at nateholdridge.com and just going a little bit deeper into them with some conversation. Today we're talking about the image of God and specifically how we as mankind are image reflectors of this God who created us. So let's get into it. If you, if you go to somebody, Nate, and you're just like, hey, you're really looking like you're in the image of God today. Is that like, is that like a substantial kind of pickup line? That is highly inappropriate, I think. <laughs> just like the way you said it, the intonations, everything. <laughs> all wrong. Don't ever do that. I even got a little queasy just oh, having man. you say that across the table from me. Knowing that you weren't I- saying that to me right now but it just it just made me feel weird i try not to have too much eye contact but i had to just say it (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i've heard people say that at bible college or something like that before but but you know it's truth though right you're made in the image of god there's yeah there's uh some bible verses about that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why we start off episodes like this but i just have to ask those kind of things for you But today we're talking about the image of God, and Nate, you wrote an article talking about the image of God and talking about how we are made in God's Mm -hmm. image, which is such a huge truth for us Christians as we follow God and learn about him, knowing that we're made in his image is so powerful to us. But, you know, saying that we're the image of God, I think just with our English language and the way that we say it, an image has a certain kind of connotation to it. Like that leads to some kind of picture in our mind. And God has, I'm sure we all have some kind of picture of God in our brains. But would you mind kind of just telling us as we get the conversation started, like what is the image of God? Sure. What does scripture say about that? Yeah. I mean, I don't consider myself like some expert theologian or anything like that and you know the points that I made in my article and tried to just break down a little bit in a practical kind of way they're the kind of points that you would find in any kind of basic systematic Mm. theology kind of book yeah Uh, one of the things that maybe is helpful to understanding the image of God is to remember when it was first spoken in Genesis chapter one Mm -hmm. uh, what you had was God creating uh, the heavens and the earth and the animal kingdom Uh, both under the sea, on the land, and in the air. And after all of those events, the sun, the stars, the, you know, sky, the earth, you know, the animal kingdom, after all of that, then God made the decision or the declaration, I should say, let us make man in our image. Mm -hmm. So I guess one of the things that you'd think about in being made in God's image is that mankind is uh, different from all of the rest of God's creation. So uh, there are things that we can learn about God, the Bible teaches us, from looking at creation. But creation itself is not made in God's image. But mankind is the part of God's creation, the crowning jewel of it, that is made in his image. Um, So then a question, you know, because it's kind of hard for us as Christians because, you know, we read that in Genesis, and then... There are a few places after the fall in uh, Genesis chapter 3 where it's reiterated Mm -hmm. that man is made in God's image. 
Uh, but it, the thing that's difficult for us as Christians is that, you know, Paul comes along and the gospel comes along, the cross of Christ comes along. You know, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 3 that we are all under sin. Mm-hmm. So right. it's like, okay, well, we're, we're made in God's image, but yet we're tarnished and broken mm. by sin. Yeah. So being made in God's image, if we're to think of it, of it that way, so, it, okay, we're different from the animal kingdom um, and the rest of God's creation. However, we're not flawless. You know, that mm. might be a conclusion that some people yeah. would come to with the, you know, hey, man, we're all made in God's image, you know, and so the way we behave, I'm just doing what mm. God designed me to do. But the reality is, uh, although there will be times where we behave kindly and express love and we use our bodies for good things and we're protecting and mm-hmm. cultivating and uh, working and uh, a- exercising dominion in a good way over right. the creation and all these different things, we're going to see that. We would expect to see that in mankind in general and in specific ways. But we'd also expect that if we're under sin, that there'd be no human being on earth Mm. that um, has a sinlessness in their lives or a perfection in their lives. There are things that we just get ourselves into. We cause pain. We hurt people. We hurt ourselves. uh, We hurt our communities. We don't always do the right thing. And Mm -hmm. what is that? And that is the being under sin. So, you know, I, I guess I'm saying that part of being made in God's image uh, doesn't mean that we're always perfect. Hmm. Uh, So, uh, you know, I I think to be made in God's image, you know, basically means that there are going to be parts of what mankind is, humankind is, that will express who Hmm. God is. And that, you know, if, if God, God is able to think, and so we think. Uh, God expresses love, and mm. we yeah. love. Uh, God has, uh, you know, uh, desires and a will, and we have desires and a will. Um, God doesn't have a body. You know, I talked about that in the article. Right. Mm-hmm. But we have bodies. But the reason we have bodies is partly so that we can have a way to express the things yes, inside beautiful. of us mm-hmm. that are like God. You know, so God. He listens, and he doesn't need a body to listen. And God sees, but he doesn't need a body to see. You know, God is spirit. Uh, But for us, we wouldn't be able to do that. So God gives us a body so that we can see, we can speak, we can hear, express love, you know, things like that. So... You know, we're 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 like representatives of of God. You yeah, know, so we're cool. Obviously, being made in God's image doesn't mean that we're, you know, omniscient like God is mm-hmm. omniscient. He knows all things. We don't know all things, but we know things. You know, we're we're able to we we learn things. You know, so even just that, the accumulation of information, God doesn't accumulate information because He mm. has all the information. Uh, but he knows things. He he knows everything, and we are able to know things and and retain information. So yeah. there's a lot about us that you know we get from our great Father in heaven. It's so cool in talking about that. So it sounds like it's not just a a Christian thing to be made in the image of God, but this is something for all of mankind. Yeah, no, right? no, not at all. Yeah, it's not at all exclusive to Christianity. Of course, it's just humanity and 
you know, that's what makes us special. It's what makes mm-hmm. us connected, you know, to one another. But in Christ, you know, the big word is redemption. Yeah. And what's that. happening for us uh, is that the Lord has both past tense redeemed Christians, you know, believers, because mm-hmm. the blood of Christ buys us out of that under sin state Praise that God. Paul talked about in mm-hmm. Romans 3. But then the Lord is progressively and continually through the duration of our lives redeeming us. So, you know, another way that we might say it or think about it is the word sanctification. Mm -hmm. I know we talked about that on a podcast recently. So what we're thinking about is, okay, so if I have my mind, right, and uh, I can, I'm, I'm learning, I'm gaining information and knowledge, but perhaps I've corrupted my mind. You know, I've put things into my mind that are broken, that are ungodly, that are damaging, that are sinful. Well, you know, that obviously is unlike God. You know, Mm -hmm. he's of purer purer eyes than to behold evil, like Habakkuk the prophet said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for us, as we're going through this life, the Lord is wanting to redeem these minds of ours and uh, bring us more and more into a, a state, you know, it obviously never exactly like the state that Adam was in before his fall. Mm. Ultimately, the Lord is taking us into the future as redeemed people into a state where the mind is completely clean and the body is completely clean and the heart is completely clean mm. and the morals are absolutely perfect. Uh, but right now in the here and now, we're you know, the Lord is redeeming. He's taking us through a process where mm. we are, our morals that we kind of broke and lost as believers by the power of the Spirit, those morals are being reshaped and rebuilt, redeemed mm. to get more and more into the very image that we used to have. That's cool. So we had the, so we all have the image of God, but we've all as well have been kind of tainted by sin. And so that's, there's that need for Jesus to redeem I love that. There, there's a few things you talk about in the article, Nate, that are, I think you have five or six things that really do reflect that we are made in God's image. Would you mind just kind of taking us through those things and kind of giving us a brief explanation of how how we have these and how that reflects God? Yeah, so the first one uh, that I talked about was that we are moral. Mm-hmm. So that means that And what I've said is, unlike the animal kingdom, we have a conscience and ability to feel shame. Right. And, you know, I I know that there are, you know, in the animal kingdom, there seem to be times where different animals will visibly show something Mm. that looks a little bit like human shame, you know, or embarrassment or a cowering kind of experience. You know, I'm thinking of our family dog right now. (laughs) But it really isn't a human-like shame. Hmm. Uh, It's not the searing or the uh, tarnishing of a conscience. But that's what we have. You know, we have a conscience. And so, um, you know, we're we're moral, you know, beings. Hmm. And, you know, obviously, through sin, we break those consciences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, can sear the conscience. And, you know, when we... You know, we like to think about, you know, it's like there are certain levels of sin that 
you know, everybody agrees with, you know, that, you know, when you're harming children or, Mm. you know, just doing these really grotesque things, it's like, it doesn't really matter where you are on the spectrum of belief. You would say that's wrong. You might not even call it sin, but you'd say that's wrong. That's unacceptable. The morals are broken. And so the question is, how can somebody who's made in God's image behave that way? Well, their, their morals have been broken. Either they were involved in the process of breaking their own morals through exposing themselves to things that they should not have exposed themselves to, a process of decision-making that led them to you know, turning off areas of their conscience mm. slowly but surely, or uh, you know, some kind of damaging influence that has come into their lives that mm-hmm. they didn't invite into their lives that right. sort of broke those morals, or just you know, the brokenness of humanity. We're born in sin, so mm-hmm. that means that we would expect that there are times where the 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 morality is just not functioning correctly, mm-hmm. and the, the, the it's like the person is just not alive to that at all. So, um, you know, when the Lord gets a hold of our lives, He begins the process of waking up that yeah, morality really cool. again. Yeah, and and you know, His Word is mm-hmm. is helpful to that process. Uh, but he also is, by his spirit, uh, using his word to wake us up. So the spirit yeah, within good. is making us alive and is kind of, you know, getting those morals, you know, strong within us afresh. Yeah. Well, I remember reading through, um, through Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, and that's one of the first arguments he makes in the book is that because there is this, like, moralness inside of man, that that is like an indicator that we are not just flesh and bone, but that we have spirit. Yeah, and that's it's really good, you know, to have that, you know, as a Christian man, you know, to be thinking about, well, you know, it's, I, well, maybe I should say it like this. Sometimes it seems as if in modern Christianity, if a person becomes more sensitive to mm. God and God's morality, it is sometimes framed by others as if it's legalism. Yeah, and that's, that's not always the case. Sometimes it it can be. You mm-hmm. know, somebody can drift into a severity that is just not from God. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times where it's just beautiful when God is waking up a person's conscience and convictions mm-hmm. come upon their lives that are just brand new. I was going through, there's a book, I, I'm sure I've mentioned it before to you, but uh, it's called Margin by a Christian oh, yeah. doctor yeah, yeah. named uh, Richard Swanson, I believe is his name. Hmm. And I, I love it. It's just a good, um, you know, kind of describes like a simple life and a, and a life that has some uh, margin to it. So, you know, instead of spending 110% of your income, you spend 80, you have margin, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's just a more peaceful life. Instead of using 110% of your available hours in a week, mm. you use 80 or 70 and and you have margin you sabbath you know things like that mm. but anyways he was just talking about uh the realm of like fashion and stuff mm. like that and yeah. he was just saying he was just kind of making the point that you know if a person is able to get to a deeper level of contentment in that area of their life it is actually very helpful to them because mm. they don't have to, you know, always be in the rat race of, you know, updating their fashion style and everything yeah. like that, which, you know, obviously is expensive, you know, things like that. 
but he just made this little comment in it about like um kind of a christian perspective on like i you know i don't feel the liberty to actually even do that you know Mm. i'm a follower of christ i feel that i need to have a level of contentment in my life in this area and it was just cool you know to to um to read that because it's like oh yeah that's here's a man who he's allowing his morality to be influenced over time by the lord there's this progressive redemption that's taking place really cool Mm, that is really cool you also talk about how the how the image of god is reflected inside of men and women because we're spiritual and you talk about how there's um i guess just that we want the spiritual man and woman to be Mm -hmm. uh preeminent in our lives can you kind of just flesh that out a little bit for us? Yeah, so this is unique to mankind. Yeah. You're never going to see the family dog uh, going to church <laughs> or you right. know, having a worship session or anything like that. Although, uh, man, when I'm like making a hamburger or something like mm. that, it sure seems like worship to him. To him. <laughs> a lot of drooling. Oh, a lot of <laughs> but, um, you know, they're just not spiritual beings. Yeah. Everything is just naturally oriented Hmm. the physical realm the here and now the impulses the you know uh, yeah you know bodily appetites and desires but god is spirit and he has made us this is probably one of the biggest meanings of being made in god's image is that he has made us as spiritual beings we're designed to communicate with him to commune with him to fellowship with him Hmm. to have relationship with him so you know, obviously, the idea of, uh, you know, a major concept within the Bible is that mankind can't fellowship with God because of sin. You yeah. know, God told the people of Israel over and over again, I am holy. You know, you be holy as I am holy. Right. And the idea is that God, uh, you know, he cannot abide with, he cannot fellowship with that which is unholy. Uh, so he's just pu- perfect, pure, clean. So at mankind now, we have no hope of that kind of spiritual fellowship uh, with God unless the blood of Jesus washes us from our sin and God deposits into our account or imputes into our account, Romans 4, the righteousness of Christ. So now my holiness or your holiness, it's borrowed. Hmm. It's given to us uh, from Christ. And it's not a temporary thing. It's permanently embedded upon us. So that God now looks upon us and he sees holiness. Hmm. So now there's the possibility of fellowship and friendship uh, with God. But because man is you know, made in God's image and spiritual, when the blood of Christ has not come into a person's life, you can understand why people would be mm. opened up to all different kinds of deception and all right. different types of spiritually charged activity, you know, kind of feeling like, well, we're spiritual. There's more to us than just this physical realm that we're seeing, but there's nowhere to really turn. Mm. So you get, you know, all kinds of different belief systems that are feeding that spiritual appetite. But it's kind of a road to no to nowhere. It's uh, you know it's demonic uh, at its core. So um, you know, for us Christian men, you know, we we'd be saying, well, you know, if that's the case, if I'm made in God's image and 
So that means like at my core, I'm spiritual and the blood of Christ has won access into that spiritual life again. I want to press into that. Mm. I want to press into that. So, you know, none of us believes that this is just an easy thing that we just automatically slip into. I'm a believer. And so now I just automatically uh, pray, you know, for hours on (laughs) end and, you know, the, it's it's sometimes hard for us to press through because we do have the uh, encumbrances of the physical realm. We're, we have fatigue, yeah. we have disbelief, we have spiritual battle that we're in, we have appetites, we have distractions. It's way easier to just pop on Netflix than it is to go on a walk and pray to God. Wow. Yeah, But, you know, if we're going to be letting the Lord do that redemptive work in our lives, mm. then we're asking him to wake us up more and more to that spiritual person that he's designed us to be. So the spiritual and the physical, we're, so are you kind of saying that in the image of God, we were all created spiritual, sin came in and tarnished that spirituality. But once we receive the blood of Jesus, then we are becoming awakened more to what we were originally made in. Yeah, totally. Like a great way of thinking about it is um, there in the garden, you know, what happened after the fall? What did God say? It said that God walked in the garden in Mm -hmm. the cool of the day and he said, man, where are you? Yeah. You know, sin did something to break Mm. that relationship, break that fellowship. And then God goes through this whole process of like, establishing Israel and the the tabernacle is initiated, which turns into the temple. But the whole time God is indicating, um, this is what I want for everybody. Yeah. You know, I want everybody to be able to be that priesthood. I want everybody to be able to have that. I want everybody to be able to experience that. And so that's why in the new Testament, the church is called a kingdom of priests. Wow. You know, we, we are now able to be, we have been made alive to that spiritual dimension, like actually mm-hmm. being able to go into God's, because the you know the tabernacle and the temple, it was just a, a shadow of you know heaven, God's yeah. real presence. And so you know when He's calling us a kingdom of priests, He's saying like, yeah, look, you can come to me, you can come to my throne, you can spend time with me, you know, fellowship with me, uh, experience me. So yeah, beautiful. We talked a little bit about how we're made physical and about being mentally aware. But one thing we haven't talked about yet is the relational quality of the image of God. So, Nate, what does it mean for, okay, so what does relationship look like with God? And how are we um, demonstrating that relational quality, I guess, as humans? Yeah, I think of uh, all of these different attributes that I mentioned, uh, this is the one that for me, for any of our brothers out there Mm -hmm. listening and, you know, for you and me just sitting here talking about this, this is the one we really need to hammer down on. Yeah, totally. Uh, Because uh, so often this is the part of us that we allow to remain unredeemed. Mm. Have you ever just talked to a Christian man who it's like, it's like he's dead? Yes. It's like he's just unable <laughs> yeah. to open his heart. He's mm. unable to have relationship. It's all just 
screen oriented, mm. physically oriented. He just cannot be in relationship with other people. And this is hurtful. This is hurtful to marriages. This is hurtful to children. But that thing is so often broken inside of us where we don't know how to be in relationship with other people. We're born with it broken, but then a lot of times we experience things that make it like even worse, Yeah, where we just don't know how to be in relationship with others. But God is relational, mm-hmm. and when he made us in his image, he made us to be in relationship with him, but also with others. And you know, God is relational in the sense that when you think about the Trinity or the triunity of God, God was relational before we came around. You know, he it was in perfect relationship within himself. Mm-hmm. So it's not like God had a loneliness problem and so he created man. He was in perfect and fulfilling relationship uh, within the triune Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit. So now in creating us, you know, it's it's obvious there uh, in the garden, but then as you go through the whole Bible, it's obvious that God uh, is dying to, and then quite literally died to, mm-hmm. have a relationship with people. That's what he's longing for. That's what he wants. Uh, but it goes beyond just us going out and praying and having our own personal relationship with God, although I think that's a real key to yeah, learning how to totally. have a relationship with other people. <clears throat> If you're unlocking your heart before God and and that's being redeemed in you, then it'll help you with others as well. But God has made us for relationships with other humans also. So this is part of the reason why we get married. This is part of the reason why we have sex. It's like a, it's, that's a relational activity. And so often uh, men will do some of these things in such a non-relational way. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that sex isn't a physical uh, exercise and a physically enjoyable thing. It totally is. Mm. But when you make it an exclusively physical element Mm. and you take all the relational dynamic out of it, uh, you're just damaging your own soul. It is designed to be a relational thing. It's supposed to be like this glue that God has given to a married couple together. That's part of the reason why pornography is so hurtful yeah. because it's sex without relationship. Hmm. So, you know, we get married, we have sex, we have families mm-hmm. and children. And when those children come along, you know, as men, I, I don't know if I even wrote this article just to men or not, but, at, you know, in thinking about men, you know, we aren't called to just have offspring and then go to work and provide for them. Mm. No, we're called to be in relationship with them. They need not just the relationship with their mom, but they need a relationship with their dads. And I think if we're really honest about, you know, in our Western society and culture, if we're really honest about some of the bigger areas of heartache and heartbreak and pain that are is in our culture, a lot mm. of it comes from uh, not just an absence of fathers, but like a neglect yeah. from fathers, oh, yeah. you know? So for Christian men, it's like, okay, we're made in God's image. What would his original intention have been? It would have been deep relationship with God, but then relationship with the people that God has put into our lives. So, you know, I encourage men like, man, figure out more and more how to sit on the couch and just talk with your wife. 
and open up your heart in ways to her that are different than you're doing with anybody else Mm. and to share with her what's going on inside of you. Well, there's nothing going on inside of me. Yeah, right. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. You might not even be able to identify it yourself, but she is part of God's gift to you to help you identify those things. And then, you know, your your kids or the people in your, your church family, uh, you know, these are people that God wants you to pursue and to learn how to be in relationship with, to go beyond the superficial uh, and into, you know, a real sharing of life, a community, a, a koinonia. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love that word, the Greek word. There it is. Uh, a sharing together, <laughs> you know, of life. So that, that's a really huge one for me, you know, because like I, I, uh, I think just like naturally, there's definitely some things that could keep me from knowing how to do that and to, mm-hmm. and to keep me from really, you know, being that kind of person, you know, to, to kind of just be the guy that like, yeah, I have a relationship with God. And I have a relationship with myself, mm-hmm. but um, not so much with others. But man, there's a blessing in becoming redeemed mm-hmm. and more and more in the image that God gave to us originally in learning how to relate to other people and just opening up your heart to them and uh, having that experience. It's something that Christ wants to do. And you, you mm-hmm. might feel like, I just can't. I don't think I can go there. But remember the, I think we even talked about it recently. Yeah. Remember that in God's command is also God's enabling. Mm. So as he asks you to, like the man with the withered hand, stretch out that thing that you just don't have, that muscle that's just not there. The relational thing inside me is dead, you might say. Well, as you try and as you step out, you need to expect that the Father is going to help you by His Spirit to actually begin to do those things that previously were impossible for you. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. For more articles and resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com and search the archives. All of his articles are there. And while you're online, please share an episode of this podcast with a friend. We would love to see this podcast get into as many hands and ears as possible. And as always, tune in next week for a brand new episode from this show. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.